May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Take that off so I can speak. Well, it, it's, uh, it's fitting that we have an ordination that's happening today over at, uh, at All Saints. Uh, actually, the, the mother parish that sent us out to go west and plant this parish uh, on the northwest side of San Antonio. And it's fitting because we have a young man who went through a, a period of discernment, a period of training, a period of exercising different gifts in different areas. And today he's going to be ordained as a deacon. And, and the thing is, is I think a lot of times we have a tendency to regard those who, who wear the collar, wear the vestments and all that without thinking that the Christian church is really composed of many different kinds of people with different gifts and different types of ministries, where it, where it all works together much like a, a symphony orchestra, if, if you will, because when the musics are warming up, or when the musicians are warming up with their various instruments, it sounds kind of, kind of noisy, but then when the conductor leads them in that particular piece, well then it, it, it makes beautiful music. Another way that we look at gifts is, is in this way, that um, we don't combine gifts like a melting pot, but it's more like a salad bowl. So how many of you enjoy salad? I know I do, and I'm looking forward to that time where Jason's Deli will let me make my own salad. And, and some of these other places where Tracy and I like to go allow me to make my own salad. You know, because I like to put my ingredients in there that I like. I like romaine, spring mix, tomatoes, cucumbers, shredded cheese, lots of bacon bits, and of course, ranch dressing. Okay, and each of the ingredients uh, can actually taste pretty good in individually, especially bacon, but when you mix it all together, it makes for a very yummy dish. Similarly, within the church, there is no loss of individual identity when you exercise various gifts, but rather it's complementary. It's bringing distinct gifts together and distinct elements to create a new, special, and united body that functions well, much like the ingredients that make up a delicious salad, however you like to make it at the salad bar. And I've seen this firsthand uh, with how many of you have actually stepped up to use your gifts each week, whether as lay readers, ushers, or music team, uh, teaching and leadership, and especially the, the leadership that we get from our wardens and our vestry. And it's actually been fun to watch us grow as a community over the year. It's been a lot of fun from my perspective because this is not a one-man show, not by any stretch. It takes us all uh, to come together uh, to make Sunday actually happen. Because I, if I said it once, and I'll say it again, that if it was only up to me, we will not nearly be as successful as us working together as a team. It's a team effort, using our respective gifts as we grow together in grace and in the knowledge and practice of his word. And that's what we are to do. We are to grow in our sanctification because this is very much a rehearsal uh, for the heavenly things that we will experience at the end of the age when Christ will come again to judge the quick and the dead. Today we celebrate the second Sunday after Epiphany and we will focus on St. Paul's teaching about spiritual gifts which consist of the ministries or abilities that the Holy Spirit 
grants to each of us Christians for the edification or the building up of the body of Christ, namely the church. Our epistle lesson begins on page 111 in your prayer book. That's Romans chapter 12, and we will begin reading verses 6 through 8. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Earlier in verse 4, if we read earlier, it says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. And we can see that we are all in this together. We are members of one body, the body of Christ. We worship and we serve in community with one another. As individual members, we do not all have the same function. In the same way that a human body has many types of systems and parts and organs, each with an individual function, which together make the body function well, as long as all the organs are healthy. Christ's body, the church, has different functions that work together Not anyone is more or less important than the other. And St. Paul actually addressed this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 18. And we read, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, uh, there would be, uh, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? Verse 6 reminds us that the the gifts that we exercise and possess differ according to the grace that is given to us. That's interesting because quite often the focus is much more on acquiring knowledge, skills, and abilities, some even natural abilities and talents, whether we see it in us or others see it in us. Granted, certain skills and abilities too do come into play and are important. For example, I would have a hard time preaching, officiating various services, and celebrating Holy Communion if I had a fear, a crippling fear of public speaking and I lacked any ability in those particular areas. On the other hand, I cannot rely solely on speaking skills to serve in ministry because there are so many other aspects of ministry such as caring for people that are also very important 
in pastoral ministry. And for that reason, that is why I'm not a huge fan of spiritual gift inventories. How many of you have taken a spiritual gift inventory? I think we all had, in fact, I even did in seminary, interestingly enough. So much of it, though, is subjective, and it mirrors many other interest inventories, which I even use for advising students in career exploration activities, whether it's deciding on college majors or industry certifications or military careers, various different options for that. So if that's the case, then the question remains, how do we discern the gifts that we have and how then do we exercise those gifts? Well, the answer is, is that we have and use certain gifts according to the grace that God has given each of us. Grace or charis, from which we also derive charismata, simply means in context of this passage, having an exceptional effect produced by generosity or favor as it relates to spiritual gifts. In other words, it's the favor that God grants us in the gifting. Again, not any one is more important or less important than the other. For example, St. Paul knew that through the charis of God that he had been called to be an apostle and equipped with the powers and capabilities required for the office from the same source, God the Holy Spirit, who equips and empowers us with abilities required to exercise gifts and service. Because if the Holy Spirit is not empowering us to exercise the gifts of service, then how are they going to be effectual in the function of the body of Christ? Because remember what our main mission is. It's to go and make disciples of all nations, all people groups, baptizing, discipleship, and knowing that God will be with us, that the Lord Jesus will be with us in the power of the Holy Spirit until the very end of the age. The apostle then goes on to list a few of the gifts and how to use them how we humbly use them. And that's where one must be careful because I've seen pride completely take down those especially in leadership or pastoral positions. N.P. Williams was an early 20th century Church of England priest. And he was also a professor of divinity and a theologian. And this is what he said. In the exercise of individual gifts, endowments, and powers, This exhortation is based on two principles. First, upon the necessity inherent in an organic body such as the church is for keeping its various functions in due proportion and balance. And this is pretty similar to what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 earlier, beginning in verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, 
All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. And as we can see, this is not an exhaustive list of all of the different gifts that, that we actually incorporate in the function of the body of Christ. But also, uh, he makes another point. It's also upon the duty of the individual not to usurp functions to which he has not been called in the way of prophecy and the like, which are beyond his powers. In other words, to be more specific, there are some that might sense an inward call to ministry, to pastoral ministry, becoming a clergyman, becoming a, a deacon or a priest. But then that has to be outwardly discerned by others who see that very same gift. In other words, God calls us to exercise our respective gifts, yet he equips us to use them to his glory to build up the body of Christ with the empowerment by the Holy Spirit to perform them. When we do what we're called to do, it fits. It fits like a glove. So that is something very useful for any kind of discernment when it comes to discerning various gifts that you might have. And I certainly invite any of you to come, to come talk to me. You know, come talk to our senior warden. Come talk to Mike if you want to discuss how you can be useful in the body of Christ because we have so many different things uh, that, that we need to do and need to get done that, that it incorporates many different types of gift, gifting, whether it's up front, serving up here, or whether it's ushering, uh, whether it's uh, facilities, type of management, etc. I could go on and on, but I won't. But, on, but ultimately, it is the Holy Spirit who actually empowers us. And this empowerment by the Holy Spirit is quite evident, especially when we consider evangelism. And that is where we observe the Holy Spirit working in the heart of the person to have ears to hear and respond in faith. And as, as I've said before, I myself did not come to the kingdom of Christ because I was any smarter or any better than my neighbor who didn't. Quite frankly, it was the Holy Spirit who turned the lights on where I could very, see very clearly the word of truth and understand its significance, especially of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we go out and witness, we're not doing a sales job trying to convince them as, as though to close the sale, but we are simply messengers to proclaim the gospel and to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in the heart of that individual and to draw them to faith as he wills. When we lived in Alamogordo, New Mexico, I saw this firsthand. I was actually a member of Westminster Presbyterian Church, and yes, they do evangelism in Presbyterian churches. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but at that time, I served as a lay evangelist because I was invited to do so, serving in the ministry of evangelism explosion. And I witnessed with my own eyes the way that the Lord would empower some of my teammates. And there's this one lovely teammate by the name of Gwen Arney, who was actually Eric. She was the elementary Sunday school teacher when Eric was in first grade. And he has fond memories of her as well. But this woman was about the most meek, mild-mannered, grandmotherly woman you could possibly ever meet. And yet, when the Holy Spirit empowered her, when we were out witnessing in homes, 
we could see the transformation. She would then become very much a bold witness for Christ. And I could actually see that fire in her eyes when she was witnessing and her fearlessness as she would share the gospel on many of her home visits. And it was a delight being teamed up with her and watching the Lord bring the increase. Okay, it was actually the Lord who did that. And I was also on, on some visits where I would proclaim the gospel and at the end ask if any of this made sense and it fell on some deaf ears. But then on the very last home I visited, it fell on the ears of someone who had ears to hear. And he said, I've been waiting my whole life to hear something like this. So we had an opportunity to pray with him as he responded to the gospel. I mean, that, that was such a blessing. But sadly, a couple of years later, after we, we moved from Alamogordo, she passed away at the age of 81. But no doubt, uh, she heard the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And the crowns that she earned, I guarantee she laid them before the Lord's feet because the Lord did it through her. And that's entirely the point. Even look at this work called St. Benedict that we've been working with for a little over a year now at this particular address, at this meeting place on Sunday mornings. All of the good things that we've seen happen in our community, we attribute all of that to the Lord's blessing and his provision. Uh, because it's all of us working together to exercise our gifts. We need to be humble in the same way that St. John the Baptist was. Remember what we heard in the gospel, that he did not see himself as being worthy to stoop down and untie the strap of the Lord Jesus' sandals. Elsewhere, he said that we must decrease so that Christ may increase. And that is a very good devotional, by the way, and that was my devotional on the day that I was ordained as a deacon way back. And I guess that was uh, 2014. Uh, that, that was a long time ago already. And, and that was my mindset. You know, it's not about me. It's all about serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Note also that St. John baptized with water. A baptism, a baptism of repentance and preparation for the coming of the Lord. However, it is the Lord Jesus Christ who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And this is what is symbolized at confirmation. The same Holy Spirit who baptizes us is the same who empowers us to serve the Lord using our various gifts with the grace that he supplies in service, which ultimately we use to glorify him, regardless of gift or regardless of position. Because guess what? It's not about us as individuals, not at all. We are here to serve. We're all here to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and one another in sacramental community and those that the Lord brings in through these doors. So the question thus remains then, how has the Lord equipped you? That's a good question, especially for us being North American missionaries. The answer is to pray. Seek guidance and discernment, especially if any might sense a call to holy orders, which is both an inward and an outward call, as I said earlier. God might be speaking to you, but it's the church that confirms it. In the meantime, let's bloom where we're planted and grow in the knowledge and practice of God's word. To grow in grace and to be faithful wherever the Lord has called us to serve. And such was very true in my own life, uh, where I did not even think about 
becoming a priest or any clergyman when I retired from the Air Force back in 2008 wasn't even on my radar. And yet, God placed people in my life to shape me, to mentor me, to develop me, and in some cases, to even call me out uh, when it was apparent that I was dodging the call. I got definitely dimed out by a previous rector at All Saints. However, most of us aren't called to pursue holy orders, and that's okay. So continue to joyfully serve and to be faithful wherever God has you. And let Him direct your steps both inwardly and outwardly. And again, come and talk to one of us if you have questions about how you might be of service here. So we have plenty of openings in various positions. Because every gift in every area of ministry absolutely matters in building up the body of Christ. There are no insignificant areas of ministry because each body part contributes to the healthy function of the whole body of Christ. His bride, the church. Amen? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost.